Good morning, guys. Doing another morning episode. Um, not atrociously early again, but I found there's a nice little spot in the beginning of the day where if you're willing to get up early enough, be a little tired, uh, you get some extra time for yourself because the world's kind of still asleep and uh, it's a good time to get stuff done. I like to multitask, um, mostly out of necessity. I don't really have the luxury of a lot of time to do things, so I like to record when I'm doing stuff. And you guys know that, because most of the time when I'm recording, we're playing Fortnite. Or, I don't know, like anything, Fallout, Magic Cards, like, uh, not reading, I think reading, obviously, uh, deserves its own uh, attention. And also, that'd be really hard to do. Maybe I'll do that once. Well, reading out loud is, I guess, something, I, I'm, but I mean, like, recording completely separate material while reading would be challenging. I'm willing to try it, though. Anywho... Today we're talking about what is literally my favorite topic, uh, Batman, but it's um, almost a sad day for Batman. So we found out that uh, Ben Affleck is passing the torch on, to whom we don't know yet, I'll get into that, but um, yeah, it's the end of a dynasty, a short dynasty, but an influential one. Um... He's given it up because of a few reasons. Apparently, he was sort of uh, worn down by how involved <clears throat> these movies make you be. You know, like the Marvel DC Cinematic Universe films are so defining for an actor. I mean, for most of these people, whether they had careers or not, I mean, I like to pull up just at the forefront, Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Hemsworth. I mean, Robert Downey Jr. had a lot of movies previously and a few after. Chris Hemsworth, it was sort of his uh, breakout role, a little the small stuff and everything, but you never unsee them as those roles. Um, Chris Pratt was funny, and then he, I, can't, I still can't unsee him as Andy from Parks and Rec, but um, he was, I think, harassed too much by the media, by fans, and he was, apparently he would do like a press junket for something, and then, you know, well, what's Batman doing? Where did you plug the new movie? And, you know, Excuse me. Have some coffee. Um, I found it hard to hear that. I, I thought he was the uh, Batman that we deserved. Not to get too cheesy with it, but it was a very visceral, very real Batman. He was a, you know obnoxious Bruce Wayne, which is great. Bruce should always kind of leave you with that taste of like, oh man, that guy's like too much. Like, oh, he's really laying it on because the truth is it's an act in the the heart of who Bruce Wayne is, is is Batman and not vice versa. Batman is, you know, there's that fantastic scene. I've definitely gotten to this. And if not, I'm rewatching Kill Bill 1 and 2 soon, so I'll go into it again. But when Bill gives the little monologue at the end to to be the bride, and um, he talks about Superman and how Superman's unique because you know he puts on a mask to be human. I think uh, Batman is unique, and not not just one artist or writer has touched on this. This has been a consistent theme that he's grown up um, developing himself into 
a persona and he truly believes and lives for that idea that that is who he is rather than the person. It's very similar, but just for different different reasons, I guess, and different interpretations. There was a... I don't know, I, I can't even remember the context, but he was having some sort of psychic battle with someone or someone was trying to, like, wrest control of his mind. I think it was the Mad Hatter, maybe Scarecrow. And they were trying to deceive him into something, and um, he, he admits or he explains that even in my own head, like, I consider myself Batman. I don't consider myself Bruce Wayne. And I think that's uh, fantastic. He's, Batman's very much an outsider. Um, that's why I'm not, I'm not upset that these movies will maybe take a little bit of a backseat because I love this character and this has been defining for me since I was a kid. It's not part of the bandwagon. You know, if he flits out of movies for a couple of years, I'm not going to lose interest. I got comics for years, man. We, we, as I said before, I'm, I'm trying to like maintain this archive so that I can feel like not only that I have stuff to show my kid and make him grow up cultured and enjoy the films of yesterday as much as the films of today, but also the older I get, the more I hate people and I just enjoy like staying home and watching movies and just not going out. Um, <clears throat> yeah, games too, but not nearly as much. I mean, I still have my N64, which is great. I'm looking forward to setting that up. Uh, I have three controllers one with, I think, like this huge rumble pack, and then one with two, two with, with clip-ons. But I, at this point, I have no idea what they do. I don't think we knew what they did at the beginning. And we had the... There was like this almost T, like curved T-shape thing that you put in the front. I guess it's like a memory pack. And we got Donkey Kong N64 for like Christmas, Hanukkah, whatever it was whenever that was that year and it came with this red piece that you put in I don't know I'm assuming this is a memory slot of some kind so we took out our one that we had we put that in and it got stuck and it works for whatever it's supposed to do but we have never fucking removed it and it looks really weird it's like an eyesore sort of sunken in there like it doesn't quite fit it does it's just poor design uh <laughs> No, Batman's uh, an eternal character. He is a fundamental idea. It, he exists as a pirate, as, you know, Leatherbeard. He exists as a caveman in uh, um, an Elseworlds story that I'll find you guys the title of. It. I think it's just called Batman Elseworlds or Lost Worlds or something. It's one of the original Elseworlds comics. Uh, he's been, you know, a, a Native American person, as Man of Bats, He's a spectral Templar-esque guy, is Asriel. He's been in noir settings. He's been in Victorian England in Gaslight. Like, he's a character that you can apply to anything at any time, and he's going to maybe leave the, the zeitgeist for a little while. But that's good. That's very much in line with when he disappears from view, from the, the lamplight, and then strikes. I think maybe that'll be a good way to play it off. I think if you have to take him out, um, give him a couple years on the bench so that the demand is there and people start to froth for him and 
you can really <clears throat> take your time crafting a script. That doesn't mean we shouldn't see him, though, because I think uh, it's atrocious that they're making so much DC content and not including him, because he should be the Iron Man of the DC films, where it's not that we've seen Iron Man 6 at this point, but we have seen Iron Man in like three or four additional movies after Iron Man 3. That's what I want with, with Batman. I want Aquaman 2 to have a Batman cameo. And I wish it was Batfleck. And I, it's hard, because he really built that Justice League interconnected universe, and it would really work best if they did it soon. But anyway, Wonder Woman, I assume, is taking place in the year in the 80s when it's for which it's named, so that one probably wouldn't fly, but Aquaman, absolutely, wish he would make a cameo. Flash, Cyborg, Greenland, like anybody else that is part of it, I wish they would uh, appear in it, you know? I mean, we start to get into the same kind of problems uh, when you're recasting somebody, though, in that it feels like there's this difference, there's this change, like something is slightly off. And there's always those two roads you can walk to deal with it. You can either admit it and embrace the fact that, like, the person is changed and, like, wink at the camera about it and move on, which Iron Man 2 is my favorite thing ever <laughs> to having done this because so many TV shows and movies change a character, change an actor, and it, it sucks, <laughs> we notice. But Iron Man 2, Terrence Howard, turns into Don Cheadle, and, like, the way they introduce him, he's walking... Uh, with his back to the camera, and you can tell it's it's not necessarily the same person, but when they reveal it's him, it's it's done in a way that Tony approaches him and starts to say something. He's like, "All right, it's done. Just enough," and like move on. Like we get it. We changed people. We got a better black guy. Chill. <laughs> so Marvel had a funny way of handling it, but uh, yeah, I want Batflip. Ben Affleck to, to dip in and out of some people's movies, but I mean, you gotta have a new permanent Batman, so who's that gonna be? I've heard every single fucking actor on Earth suggested by people in like forums and screen junkie stuff, and like so many good choices that are interesting, so many really terrible ones, and so many like <laughs> give it back to Christian Bale, like, give it back to Michael Keaton. Um, I think especially in terms of if you wanted to pursue, like, a um, more aged and refined Batman who's mentoring, that's one way you can go, and that opens up a... Hang on, sorry. I'm making another list of two without completing my first one, so I'm going to backtrack. As you all know, I tangent more than anything, and I'm sorry. The other way that you can deal with the change of an actor <laughs> is by uh, just ignoring it. And I was watching the Goldbergs, big fan, uh, and they changed the grandfather in the show. Not Pops, like the lovable one, but like Murray's dad, who's just like a dick. And the first guy they had was, was good, and he was selling it. And the next guy was like, just, it's a different character because he's a different actor. And no acknowledgement or anything, just not even a season apart, I think, just one episode to the next guy completely changes it's like a different human being and it's like is this a body snatcher is it like a life model decoy am i taking crazy pills it very distracting so most unfortunately most content tends to do that they just sub someone out and don't talk about it um even in marvel um <laughs> fandrel i think the fencing guy from the the, the warriors three and thor 
in between Thor and uh, Thor 2. Totally different. Swaps it out. And then, like, you don't really even notice. You notice ones on the skiff, like when they're flying out. That's what I noticed. I don't know. Let me know when you noticed. Uh, yeah, so I think there's two ways you can do the new Batman. You can do, you know, people keep saying Batman Beyond, and I think uh, DC is going to try to throw down with Into the Spider-Verse and, and bring out, like, an amazing Batman Beyond movie that's, like, got a crazy good animation studio behind it and a bunch of voice acting talent. And honestly, <laughs> I, I think it'll be way better. Um, the one arena that DC absolutely slays in is animated movies. Marvel's got nothing on that. They got, like, two titles on Netflix, like Hulk and Doctor Strange versus, I don't know, you know what I mean? Like Wolverine's in there somewhere. DC has amazing stuff. I, I own Blu-rays of some of their movies. In fact, in my personal top five favorite movies of all time, uh, The Dark Knight Returns is on it. I have the Blu-ray that combines them into one movie. Um, I just think it's an extremely powerful story. I've talked about it at length. I will do another dedicated episode to it in the future, but it's um, an extremely influential um, and accurate factually cited glimpse into the uh, the world of the 80s. I say influential only because for me it was influential. I think that's a little biased. That's a subjective view I had of it. Um, it was very inspiring to me. Not the, the comic uh, before the movie, but it was very inspiring to something that I wrote in university, which was a, a paper that argued for, uh, well, I think I should give the, the whole backstory. So I was in a course called um, 20th Century History and the Cold War or something, or some approximate of that. And I had uh, a project really early in the year, like a very minor thing about um, choosing a, something to do with media and contemporary portrayal of the Cold War. And I had chosen, I think, X-Men First Class or something. Um, I think. I'd chosen something similar. Maybe it was The Watchmen. And I had created a, a PowerPoint and, like, an accompanying page or two paper. This was, like, a third-year course, so this was just a, you know, a tutorial activity kind of thing. And my professor, who was, uh, like, an older guy, but one of those, like very interested in staying abreast with the culture and the world and everything. Um, he was, like, very taken by it. He was like, that's fascinating. Uh, you make a compelling argument, and you are giving light to a subject matter that I'm unfamiliar with. And it was because I had cited a lot of um, comic book works and things like that as a, um, as a source for certain arguments and... and to, it was handled in a way that was extremely academic, using not just comics, but I mean like books that reference comics. And I have a book that I love I'll talk more about that's like the, the law and superheroes and how they correspond. Like it was, it was good. So he, we did sort of like a special, <laughs> special, the guy from um, Split, Shatter, Split, yeah. 
Hedwig. I love that. I always think the owl. Anyway, I did a special uh, study, independent study course, um, wherein, like, for the next several months, I was given free reign to generate a thesis and a an essay for this class in, in lieu of, um, like, X amount of work. And it came out to be, like, 80-something pages. And... Uh, get like an outstanding almost like a perfect market he was thrilled so um for the final i just sort of we doubled down and did the same thing again and expanded on it and in the end it was i don't know i think it was like bound and all said and done it was like 180 something pages 70 something pages and it was fantastic I got like a super good review from from him and it went to an academic board and uh they used it as the course like course reading for at least for a block of five years is what they told me. I don't know if I asked that. I was not allowed to keep the book. And being the dude I am now, I probably would have stolen it. But I think the universe doesn't really want me to to have stolen a book I wrote from a library that isn't a school that helped me publish it. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it's like you go to a hotel, you don't steal the Bible. Well, you know, it's not comparing it that way. I'm just saying there's like certain, <laughs> it's not a very, it's not what I mean. I mean like, you don't masturbate in an airplane. You know, there's just things you don't do. And I say that, it hangs in the air and it's like, <laughs> people are doing that. Well, I think we have uh, a real journey ahead to see how they portray Batman. Like, I am hoping they do that Batman Beyond thing, but that, I hope, is a standalone animated movie. In in terms of him coming back older, I think they're only likely to do that because you have an extremely great base of people you could grab for it. And to be honest, the first person that comes to my mind would be Brad Pitt. I don't know why everyone's uh, avoiding that. It seems like low-hanging fruit, but for some reason I'm yet to see it. He can do it. He's gone darker and grittier with age. Um... Obviously, he, he's got the bod. He's the original man with the bod of the past 20-something years. I think he's got the ability to pull it off. Um, that would be my nomination for an older one. And yes, I understand Michael Keaton has been Batman and Birdman, and he's poised for it. And <clears throat> Maybe. But I don't think they're going to do older. I think they're going to want to get somebody that they can build a franchise out of because... It's no longer about team together. It's uh, let's make them work on their own, and then maybe in 10 years we'll try to do what Marvel did again. <laughs> but you got to play with your strengths, right? And, and clearly the strength was not this team-built universe like Marvel did, which was fine. But uh, we got a very valiant effort that I find extremely entertaining and worthwhile and true to the comics in a lot of ways, made by people who appreciate the comics, which is nice. But if we're going to get a standalone young Batman to um, kind of herald in a new era, I would go with... I was watching Shit's Creek, which is really good. It's like this very low-key Canadian sitcom, I guess, about like this, I don't know, like timeless tale of a family who's super wealthy losing their money and how they cope with it. But it's really funny. It's Eugene Levy and the mom from um, Home Alone. 
so you know she's a great mom. She's arguably a worse mom in Home Alone, but she's pretty bad in this. And then their two kids are actually Eugene Levy's son in real life, which is nice. He's really funny. It's like a, an eccentric kind of metro section. I guess by I don't know. There's an episode he talks about it related to wines. It's interesting. And the daughter is like the beautiful, spoiled, extremely vapid um, socialite. Really funny. They lose all their money and they're forced to move to a small town that they purchased once um, because they thought it would be funny because the town's name was Shit's Greek. But it's spelled S-C-H-I-T-T-S. And check it out. It's funny. There's a character in it named Mutt. Mutt Shit, I think. Uh, just dark hair, blue eyes, quiet. Uh, I think he would be a solid pick. Sort of a young, good-looking TV actor. Somebody that you can bring up from not being in a movie because this is a guy that you could pay an extremely nice amount of money to but not pay a like, Ben Affleck amount of money to. I think that's the only advantage of if you're going to go young. So you got to look up his name, I apologize. I'll mention it in the next episode, because I'll owe you guys that. But if we're talking more people that are famous, um, I don't know. You're really going to try to bring something original to it. The problem is I think a lot of the castings people talk about is just emulating what we've already seen. Like, oh, I want this because it reminds me of this. So... You need somebody who can do the physicality, who can also do the, you know, the Bruce Wayne side of it. Um, I think, to be fair, the only thing that I would want to do, because you can go that way of making him the older, grittier, and mentory, which is fun. I don't think they'll do it, but that's cool. But I don't want to see, like, a middle-aged, this is a dude we think looks like it, and let's see how he fits the template. I think the most fair thing would be if he does disappear for like a year or two. And the reason is because we're aging up our star. And our star is Bruce Wayne slash Batman from the Gotham TV show. Wow. Pause for effect. So, (laughs) I love that show. I've had a whole episode about it. I could keep going because the season that just was on was fantastic. And the new one looks even better. This is a show that 100% gets better with every episode. Season one's a bit of a slog. Anyone who listens to this know I kind of don't have the patience for any season ones or pilots or anything, but it's a must. you got to build it somehow. Rome was not Netflixed in a day. Um, so you have to kind of brace yourself. But once you're invested, you watch these characters grow, and you watch this... I'm doing a disservice not knowing his name. Um... I can only really think of Gordon's name. I'm sorry. Look him up, too. (laughs) But you see what's essentially a young kid grow into a a young adult who's poised to take over as Batman. Emotionally, physically, you see him learn to fight. You see him become good at fighting. You see him learn to, you know, flirt with the Bruce Wayne side of it and apply that in social situations. And you see him, best of all, in my opinion, develop the relationship with Alfred that you would want out of someone who's raised by a guardian. It's like, I mean, I had no problem in BVS when they're kind of, I guess, implying that um, Bruce and Alfred are are 
married or dating or have that kind of relationship, which is fine because that's where we're introduced to those characters, and I've never thought about that because I've always thought about the traditional story he's raised by him, and then that's weird. But just if you're going to go with the traditional story, I always envision that Bruce was raised by Alfred, and these two give you an extremely compelling look at how touching that is and how turbulent it can be when, you know, all this kid wants to do is go out and hunt down Raz al Ghul and <laughs> jump on rooftops. So, uh, no, I think it'd be fair, and I think one of the coolest things DC could do to challenge Marvel and make a bold first step is connect the TV universe to a movie universe, because nobody's done that yet. Gotham is great. Um, it sets you up a host of characters who are cinematic worthy and you could only expand on them. So, I mean, characters like Mr. Freeze and the Joker and things like that look amazing already and the show's doing an admirable job. And then if you give them a, like a cinema budget, it'd be amazing. And they're all there. They got the roster. The whole rogues gallery is pretty much fleshed out. You have a, a star who's young enough to endure in like a decades of movies. And the best part of it is honestly that you could get a younger demographic and it, without making it feel forced. You, you just have a younger actor, not because we needed a younger actor. You have one because he's been amazing for like five years of a show. And Yeah, I think you want to go old, get your, your Brad Pitts or your Michael Keatons or something and do a Batman Beyond Dark Knight Returns kind of... I love it. I'll, uh, every day of the week I will go to bat for that. But I think if you're looking for a pragmatic, lucrative, financially secure, long-term solution, you need somebody young. So go on the younger side and play into that. And then don't... Uh, maybe don't saturate the market. Make the, make the like, hunger for it. And Like, where's Batman? We haven't had a good Batman movie in years. And then, like, this summer... You know, I'll come back to you with the trailer next episode, but yeah. Anyway, you guys get it. <sighs> it's a good talk. Uh, just pretty much going to wrap it there for today. I really just felt like me and my love of Batman needed to uh, kind of plot some ideas down in the midst of the most news talk about Batman that I've heard in a long time. <laughs> There's always that sort of, I don't know, vortex of Batfleck. Is he in? Is he out? Does he like it? Does he have a phoenix tattoo on his back? <laughs> but now uh, I guess we're back to a different kind of maelstrom of bat news. But I'll keep you guys posted if I hear anything <laughs> specific. I was trying to combine specific and particular. Or specifically, or to, <laughs> it's hard to do. If I hear anything particularly interesting, I will let you guys know. Though, that being said, I like to think I'm probably one of the least up-to-date sources of news any human being could get. But yeah, I think that's way more realistic and honest than those people who are like, hey guys, this is like uh, this news story that like I got on my Instagram feed that is from like seven other news sources trickled down. Click on my thumbnail. <laughs> I have like this one friend that it's not my friend, it's a friend of my wife's that I hate, who's very much like that and I would remain unnamed when I do that um, impersonation it always comes to mind um, 
also house hunting uh, in the city I live, which is an extremely congested urban metropolis and the best and busiest city in Canada, Toronto. Um, apartment hunting's the worst. All apartments in Toronto are sitting at a 99% fill rate, which means that like the occasional one unit that comes available goes in the market, charge triple what it should be, and when you go to see it, if you actually manage to get in contact with the property management company or the landlord, you literally have to bring the money, and the money being like first and last, we're talking like over three grand, bring that the day of. So like, forget having the peace of mind to sit and think about or talk about a decision or discuss it with your spouse or loved one. You bring the money now. <laughs> so it's like ridiculous. Who can do that? Who can be like, yep, looks good. I'm going to live here. Done. <laughs> it just it doesn't happen. So it's been awful. The worst part and the people that I really hope they reserve a special room in hell for are the ones that place misleading ads like $1,600 two-bedroom apartment and so-and-so. And then you call them like, yeah, yeah, just so you know, the rent's like $1,750. And it's like, what's well, $16? Like, it says uh, starting at 16 and we don't have any of the 16 units. It's like, well, shouldn't you change the ad? Yes, we've been meaning to change the ad. Okay, the voice is kind of changing and being inconsistent. I'm just I'm doing some draft writing on the side. It doesn't matter. If you fucking post that it's $1,500 and I call you, if it's not $1,500, I'm going to come to your house, gouge out your eyes, and skull fuck you. So I don't understand why any of these apps, or websites, or catalog, I don't know why they don't put like an inkling of effort to make sure that these things are consistent because it's at the point where it happens every time. Every ad, every tool, it doesn't matter. I can go on at length about this, but I won't. So whatever you guys got going on, I wish you the best of luck with it. And again, if you like the episode, let me know. Let me know what you guys want to see more of. Um, I think our Twitter handle is confusing, but it's at Dork and Beans Pod, I think. Pretty sure Dork and Beans itself was taken. And there is another podcast called that, but it's all about like Warhammer and, and D&D stuff, which I love, and I've listened to them, but they don't produce new content anymore, so. I feel like that Dewey meme, like, <laughs> future's now, old man, like, get out of the way kind of thing. Pass that name on to somebody, but. All right. It's, uh... Friday, so at least there's that, guys. Take it easy, and I'll see you next time.